When you're searching for the best prices on tickets to sports, concerts, or live shows, you've got to download the GameTime app. Whether you're planning the perfect night out or looking for something fun at the last minute, GameTime has you covered. Score last-minute tickets for up to 60% off today. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PODCAST for 10% off your first purchase. That's code PODCAST for 10% off. For the best ticket deals on sports, concerts, or live shows, download GameTime now. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to the Wolves Fancast. Andy Gillard here, presenting this week. This week we've got a little bit of uh, tenuous Wolves news, some wondering to Gdansk, we've got the match on Sunday, player appreciation, the quiz and Twitter corner. And with me to discuss all these topics, we've got Matt. Hello, good evening. We've got Stu. Hello, good morning. When they oh, listen yeah, to it. Yeah, true, it could be any time, couldn't That's it? True. Yeah. yeah. And we've got Adam. Bowen Neutsch. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea That's what that is. That means good evening. Good evening. Right, okay. In, 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 in what language? In the language of the motherland, Portugal. Oh, it's Portuguese. Right, okay. Preparing. Right. Uh, just before we get into the tenuous Wolves news, uh, I wanted to let people know that even though there's no football next week, the fan cast will be coming back. We are going to be doing our first ever film cast. You don't have to have seen the film to listen in, but we're going to be watching... Mike Bassett, England manager. <laughs> Ooh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. The, the classic, the 2001 classic. It's going to be available to rent or buy from Prime, Apple, or all the usual places, really, or obviously check your local libraries. They might have copies of it. Uh, we will be discussing the film, telling you whether or not you should waste your time watching it. But if you want to watch it beforehand, please feel free. Why was I thinking it was going to be like some intriguing intellectual film? I definitely <laughs> right. thought it was going to be like then, Shawshank or something. Uh, I or was like expect, yeah, something, some deep film. IMDb and, um, top 100. <laughs> I, 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 have, I have to say, I wasn't expecting that, show, that film. No, well, I have got a list of about 50-odd films. So there are some really good, like, top-notch documentaries. The next one. And then there is some absolute dreck on there. <laughs> some real barrel-scraping shit. But to be honest, I like that as much as I like the good stuff. So it stars the Chase's favourite Bradley Walsh, doesn't it? <laughs> Mike Bass, is that is that right? Has he got yeah, he's the yeah. assistant manager, isn't That's he? It, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Good so times. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to to diving back into that. I don't think I've seen it since it was at the cinema. I I went to see. We went to watch. Um, we went to watch Bean. I think it was the second one, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't on at Cineworld. It was for, uh, yet again. It was broken even back then. And so we went to Showcase to watch it there, and they weren't showing it, and all they were showing was Mike Bassett, and it was the second time I'd seen it in a week. <laughs> that, that was the last time I saw it, so went way back then, 2001. Yeah, incredible. I think I went I went to the cinema to see, I think it was AI, and yeah, well, we went, we got there, and it. Um, I think we just missed the start, and I don't like entering a cinema late, so I was like, right, we'll go see something else and the only other thing starting was Mike Bassett so I was forced into seeing it <laughs> I then went to see AI like the week later and regretted it Jude Law's great in AI mm. I don't know it's not my cup of tea but I'm not a big Spielberg fan 
Matt, have you seen this? I haven't seen it. I think I own it in about three different forms. I've shot, well, I don't think they've got a Blu-ray there of Mike Bassett, England manager, but I've definitely got it on a VHS and I've got it on DVD at home. So if anyone needs to borrow it, if anyone needs to borrow it, come to me or I can find some kind of nefarious way of getting the copper to you, I'm sure. So <laughs> yeah, that won't be an issue. They're going to be like breaking down the, the scene by scene direction. Cin- <laughs> cinematography, <laughs> mise-en-scene and everything. I won't be going into quite that. But, uh, we'll see how it goes anyway. But yeah, that's going to be next week. But this week, we're going to start with a bit of very, very tenuous Wolves news. First off, apparently, Wolves, the friend of the family, Sinkara, has asked for his WWE <laughs> release. Gents, how are we feeling about that? I'm deferring this one <laughs> oh, right, okay. to, to more more learned colleagues here. Well, when it, when I put it, it was me putting wrestling news in the group chat of, of all things, and I saw it and I thought, well, when you were saying before, last season where EJ seemed like he was going to be there for much longer anyway, and the whole how that, but then they were promoting him massively as well. They want someone who wears a mask because obviously they can then sell that mask for, for money, which is why apparently they haven't allowed his release. He has just requested it. So who owns the uh, the copyright on them Sin Cara masks then? That will be WWE. Because <laughs> the guy who was originally Sin Cara is still wrestling and he wears a similar mask, but he doesn't have the pointy ear bits. That's the only difference. The only important bits. So they'll probably just put someone else in that suit and keep it going they want a Mexican superstar basically I think I read online today he's still got like three years left on his contract as well Oof. so he'll be stuck in the doldrums of uh, you know well maybe put into NXT or even NXT UK just as a something to placate him to for the time him being um, it's not like would he be in real demand should he should he leave though is anybody going to be chomping at the bit to, to sign him anyway he'll probably go to AAA or CMLL which are the Mexican companies to me, you know, he's a professional botch artist that's had a plight as a professional wrestler as a side career. Yeah. He to, you can watch Botchamania and like see some hilarious kind of trips and falls, etc. Oh, so Botchamania is just the best. Exactly. Matthew so. is great. Yeah. But um but of course he's a Wolves fan, so there we go. Yeah, it's the only reason we've sort of had to accept <laughs> it. <laughs> the other bit of tenuous Wolves news, and I'm sure Mr. Price will have an opinion on this, is our very own Laurie Del Rimple. Apparently he's off to join the Suicide Squad and Harley Quinn. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I don't know anything about... Is it Rugby League or Rugby Union? Do we know? Uh, I'm going to have a stab, but it's Rugby League. Someone's uh, going to just... Uh, someone will tweet in straight away and just say, you're wrong. Yeah. Stop talking about yeah. things you don't know about. It, it would be an accurate comment. I've nothing... No knowledge at all about rugby, but... Um, I've just put that said in my group chat, didn't we? Someone mentioned there was a room at the time he was off somewhere or he already accepted the job somewhere yeah. else and that's why they chucked him out. But if he's going to a rugby... If you're going to rugby, I mean, what, what, what's... Yeah, you'd what's think if he was... about him having to go on guarding leave and all that? I mean, yeah. it's different If it was a no-compete clause, I would have thought it would have been for other football clubs, not rugby that's clubs. That's what I thought. I mean, again, there's probably something in the contract about yeah. it. So, again, talking about things I don't know about. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Is that... I'll put us in the group chat. Is that a good move for him is that a bigger more exposing job than Wolves probably not but it se- he seems to be a rugby man and it seems to be I a job that he, he him, personally yeah. covered so well he said it was he, he said it was his club as well that's the main, the main thing with it he ain't gone to he ain't just gone to Wasps down the road or anything like that so he ain't gonna move out he's obviously if he's a, a fan of Harlequins whatever they do then it's his dream job it's obviously on less money than he's on here but 
if he's happy, then fine. Is it an attractive prospect as well? If you know, if you've got ambition, because all of the hype of the Rugby World Cup that's just gone by England being in the final, is it in the public image again? You know, people thinking about rugby, and it's an attractive prospect to try and get people talking and get people into the club. Maybe I'm, I'm not sure if that's a line of thinking. I mean, yeah, it could be. As someone who doesn't maybe. watch, yeah, rugby, it's same here. I'm it's difficult to really have that much of an opinion. So it's like it just come down to that really, isn't it? It's just he's obviously that's a sport he loves. Mm -hmm. None of us knew that beforehand, but that's obviously a sport he loves. Jobs come up, he wanted it, so why not? More power off, to him. Off, yeah. off you go. Fair so play. yeah, fair. If that's fair what he wants to do. Then fair enough. He won't get any. I don't know, he can't get Tom's for colleges anymore anyway, can he? <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he can't have them anymore, even if he's a Wolves or not. So no, yeah, fair, fair play to him. We haven't got anyone else who's actually come in and took his job yet, has he? We, Jeff's just... Jeff, absorbed, Jeff takes it all. Absorbed his duties. <laughs> like, the, uh, like the Dawson's Creek traffic keeper in South Park. <laughs> you just take it. Spill it on. Oh, you, you should be. All right, I should. All right. It turns sentient and absorbs the entire town. Including oh, Barbara Streisand. On YouTube, random on South Park clips. Yes, I know what I mean. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to really say much on it, but I think on that note, we should uh, wander over to Gdansk. Just a brief thought on last Thursday's game. Quite a um, quite tough going game. Obviously, we ended up with was it twelve minutes added on, at which point Raúl Jiménez steps up and uh, puts us one nil up and leaves us one point off qualification into the next round brief uh, thoughts on that gents I didn't think it was going to be as tough as it was compared to considering the away, late, away game at their place and yeah the circumstances around it but I just thought well we are better than them anyway we're, they're not going to come and sit back but it was almost like the, what we've talked about before the conserving energy thing and in certain games mm -hmm. where it looked like that first half was oh we've got to do this again and it was just, it was just a bit flat. I think yeah, it was, right. it was one of the worst atmospheres I've seen for years. It was like people expected us to win, and therefore just couldn't be asked, mm. couldn't be asked to sing, couldn't be asked to do anything at all. And it was just, you could hear that. I mean, I'm in J Force, so I'm right next to them anyway. And fair play to them; they didn't, they didn't shut up all game. Their fans were excellent. They were thought, absolutely actually. superb. Really impressed. My um, just to deviate from the match for a second. My uh, I got a mate of mine who um, he worked. He's manager of the Sainsbury's uh, local by the bus station, by the train station. Obviously, he dealt with a lot of um, Bratislavians <laughs> uh, buying a lot of booze. <laughs> <laughs> he basically rinsed Sainsbury's mm. of all the booze. So and so, he said that um, on the Friday morning, this was after the game, Friday morning at nine o'clock, you know, <laughs> these group of Bratislavans come in and like, just pointed to the uh, the whiskey and said, Jack, Daniel, Jack Daniels, is it? 18 pounds 18 pounds a bottle and he said yeah it's a bottle he goes yeah I'll have three no <laughs> at like 9 o'clock Friday morning it's like yeah I'm Excellent. sure we'd be surprised no maybe like, not Excellent. I mean the fans seemed to have a great time in, in town and there was all sorts of um, shenanigans yeah. going on wasn't there about various places like I was getting my tattoo done at it was about 5 o'clock in the afternoon and the tattoo parlour was on the, the route for the, the Slovaks into the ground so we were just sat there and all of a sudden you could just hear this rabble <laughs> coming down the road. So you're like, oh, shit, right, they're here then. Okay, <laughs> this is fun. As, as, as far as the game goes, I, I just thought it was, we just managed it well. I, mean, I agree, it was nothing spectacular like, like, at all. Um, but we just never looked in any real danger 
at all. I mean, obviously their target man, the big one, number nine, he's obviously the only one that's going to cause much danger. And we kept him quite quiet, I think, throughout most of the game. Um, but I mean, we had the chance with the the, the penalty, which, on the face, it wasn't really, <laughs> wasn't really that great a penalty. Steve said, like, he's got an opinion on that in a minute. <laughs> no, and, I, I just didn't feel confident at any point. No, I, yeah, I agree. I, I, I didn't think he looked that great. Mm. Stepping up to him, I think that Sheffield United once burned in, in, into my mind, and he missed a few in pre-season last year. There he is. He just never. He looks like he's, he's going to do something stupid or just completely miss a target altogether. And it was a penalty that any of us could have took. It was it was awful. Yeah, it wasn't fantastic. Was it? Well, as, as someone that had Jimenez first goal scorer two 0 <laughs> I was devastated when I saw him walking up. So part of me thought, did I did I wish this? Is this some kind of like <laughs> karma like for it? Yeah. Um, I just thought he was one of those. You know, they put eleven behind the ball nearly all game. And if it wasn't for their keeper making some really fantastic saves, we probably would have won it quite comfortably. But it just didn't feel it at the time. It felt really stagnant and we couldn't unlock them. We couldn't unlock the door creatively mm. because they were putting so many behind the ball all the time. Um, and I did think, <laughs> the one thing I took away was, did 20-something 20, did thousand people just witness a murder? <laughs> when when uh, their player got like knocked yeah. out and, and it was yeah. going on and on and on the time, I thought, this is really, really bad, this. Um, and I just wondered, like, how bad is this going to be? Mm. Is this going to be one of those things that we don't actually talk about the result anymore? Thankfully, it wasn't. But it, it, it did feel like it was a game just to conserve energy for for the fixture at the weekend, really. It didn't mm. feel like we needed to put exert too much effort because we were playing to get the result, get out of there, focus on the weekend. That was uh, right yeah. in front of... Well, directly in front of me, Neil, but the South Bank where I was sitting, and I, I heard the contact. Yeah. But, but yeah. him and I was basically volleying this guy's face off, and he knew straight away because he banged the floor as soon as like he happened. He, sort of, he knew, he was like, oh, shit, I've actually... like. That 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 clean, sweet sound, which I thought was the ball, was actually in his <laughs> defender's face. And should, should it have been a booking? Uh, was it dangerous play? It's dangerous play if you get contact. It it is, yeah, it is yeah. if you manage to make full contact with the face, I guess. But um, which and he gladly accepted, didn't he? he yeah, gladly just yeah. There's no, yeah, no, right, no fair no, enough. No and he, he was looking a bit dicey for a bit because he just wasn't the chat wasn't moving whatsoever. Um, but I mean, yeah, going back to the, like the result itself, just getting the job done is, is like the, the mm-hmm. main the main thing when you're in the group and you're playing all these games just if you're not playing well mm. which we haven't done for you know we haven't put together a, a, too many performances that we saw last season and obviously games may be a factor in that but if, you, if you're not playing well just we just win it which is what we which is what we're yeah. doing so now we're only one point off and let's be honest the two teams below us have been pretty terrible <laughs> Do you go with putting out some younger players and give them the experience now, or do you go with a full-strength team for the last two games, win the group, and then hopefully avoid getting the Champions League dropouts in the group stages? What are you thinking, Matt? Well, for me, I think I think you've got to go for it because you want to go as far as possible in in the competition. Uh, so the best four Champions League dropouts join the group winners. Uh, to pair against the remaining group dropouts from the Champions League and then the runners-up. So, by proxy, you would imagine that you'd be facing a slightly easier competition in the next round, and we want to go as far as possible in that competition, so I don't see why we wouldn't put out the teams that can do the job. But then, looking at the competition, do we need to put out full teams to do the job, apart from the, the blip against Braga in the home leg? you know, Has it been too taxing to get to this point? So, I think... Nuno can box clever with it, um, but I think we should be, you know, going gung ho for it and trying to win the group, not yeah. just play for the point. I think that Braga game was a bit like 
Everton in the first game back in the Premier League where we were kind of like, we're a bit naive and we didn't really know what was going on and we kind of underestimated a lot of things and you look at, let's think the Champions League dropouts, the dropouts because they weren't good enough to go through. So I know it's still finishing third in the group of four, but if we if we're winning the group anyway, even if we come in, if we come second by a point, I'm not really, I'm still not fearful of anyone. I mean, we, you look at the teams we've already played, apart from Chelsea, where Chelsea are a very good team, but Man City, mm. we schooled them. So and they're miles ahead of the dropouts from the Champions League. So for me, I, I'd rather just put. Obviously, safe for Kilman because Sir Kilman has to play now in the uh, yeah. Europa League. Just get the job done, and then just focus and just see where we are for the the following game after that. Um, just get the job done first, and then the last game. Well, they're the whipping boys anyway, are they? Yeah. So you could. Right. We haven't really got a team unless we put the uh, the third team out. Then yeah, which True. I don't think we're going to see all, half of them again. But I, th- I think you make a point there, uh, Kilman. Pricey, you got a lot of applaudits after the game. Yeah, what was your opinions so. on him? He's not done anything wrong at all. He's, um, I mean, you do have to put the context in. I think this is already previously mentioned about who he has played against. And uh, I think it's quite funny because like, we talk about Vallejo as well. Um, he's played against the same team, that the same opponents that Kilman mm. has. And Vallejo's come out of it looking shocking, whereas Kilman's come out of it smelling like roses. And just, he... He's just t- took to it a lot more easier than someone like Vallejo has, and I mean, again, like you say, you, you say okay, he's only played against Punic and 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 Bratislava and what have you, but he's equipped himself very well, mm. um, and I I like him. Looks good. I mean, he's not first team ready like for league games or for sp- no, at the moment, not. unless needs must. But uh, no, I'm, I'm great to see a young English defender being brought through and someone yeah. with a unique background because you no, know, uh, no one's been brought through futsal before into, no, it's, into a Premier League first team squad but um, no to echo the same as the, as, as the guys I I would just um, i just go for it I would just get the job done in, in Braga get us qualified because um, I mean the Champions League dropouts you can get some potentially sticky wickets I mean it, mm. it all depends on what group they've come from so the group with Dortmund and Inter one of those are dropping out and well, it's not to say we won't get past them. It, it's let's be realistic. It's one to avoid. It will be a tricky tie, but mm. one that we would embrace because I mean, I'd love to go to Milan and San Siro if that's going to be an option. But obviously, you get you win the group, then you get like the second place ones in the fellow Europa League group, and we could still get the soul back in Derby if it, <laughs> if it all goes through because <laughs> Copenhagen nice. could still finish second. So yeah. yeah, just get the job done. He won't. When we talk about resting players, yeah, he's not going to go to the lens of what he did against Villa in the cup. We're not going to see Chem Campbell. Lining up <laughs> against um, Besiktas in the last game because I think well that was <laughs> with the reaction they got for Villa. I'm not, I'm not sure that'll happen mm. again to be honest. But um, yeah, get get it done, get us through, mm. and then um, we can look forward to a round of 32 game. I think that's a good note then to move on to the game from the weekend. Then so Wolves hosted a team from just down the M6 in the West Midlands derby. Just before we get into it, I want to throw a few stats at you and then ask you a question. Right, stat so, attack. Stat attack. I've actually written that down, stat attack. <laughs> <laughs> right, so possession was 54 to 46. Attempts on target, 5 to 4. Goal attempts, 17 to 13. Successful passes, 299 to 293. Was this game as close <laughs> <laughs> as the stats suggest? Even, even 
Dave's good old friend XG didn't have it as close as <laughs> it was a it was a route in everything but number. There were, it, yeah, it was. It wasn't men against boys. It was men against infants. <laughs> there were that. You think literally uh, was men against boys in the league? <laughs> <or wasn't it? laughs> exactly. And if it wasn't for Catroni and a certain terrible now goalkeeper, that we would have got through that as well. But <laughs> they were just. You, you think all the mouthing off that Le- they've Le- done. Leave Catroni alone. <laughs> all the mouthing off they've done all season long and in the summer spending hundreds of millions of pounds oh we're not going to do a Fulham you really are doing a Fulham because you're fucking awful <laughs> and they just it was almost like I was amazed how bad they were and I know we were we were on it and we made them look bad but it was an absolute class above it was super hot I was still buzzing this morning. It's as I recording. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it's two days later. <coughs> I mean, we, we we should have beat Arsenal, and that was a good performance. But that on Sunday was something else. It was superb. Yeah, I mean, that's a classic case of you know football isn't played on paper, isn't it? When you look at the stats, it yeah. does not re- reflect the game that happened. I mean, the fact that. Traore's shot an absolute rocket wouldn't even count as a shot on target because it hit the woodwork like just proves that you know it wasn't that that game those stats don't reflect you know how badly a they played and how well we played the only the only downside is the like that we didn't put away all the chances that we had mm-hmm. um which we quite easily could have there you know I think for a few games in a row now we just wanted Diogo to get it out of his feet and shoot um but, you know, it was a route and it didn't ever feel that we were under too much of a threat. Um, Sace on a yellow just played so well for me <laughs> because it was, you know, you could quite easily have put a large amount of money on a red and feel comfortable at any point in the game you're going to get a return on your mm, money yeah. when he gets that yellow so early into the game. And he just he just marshaled his man so well and just kept such a cool head, even at the end when they were really going for it. Um, and... It, one thing, have you ever seen a team not celebrate a goal as much <laughs> as that um, goal line decision that they had? It was very strange with the player running up and trying to take to the fans, celebrate, <laughs> and they just ignored it. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it that was, was just, it, it was bizarre. And then I thought to myself, surely not, because it was that in maybe the, the first or second minute of added time. It, I mean, it, it, you know, had the, the, the 2-1 United FA Cup feeling about it. Well, it doesn't really matter. We've conceded, but that's okay. They're mm. not going to score again. But no, the, the stats really don't reflect the game for me. No. Same. Um, see, I'm like, still, I was buzzing really. And that's because like, for me, it's always been a bit more of a bigger deal maybe than some others about Villa because I've like grown up around like numerous Villa fans. And for years you've never been able to say anything bad as a Wolves fan to Villa because they just yeah. shoot back with Robert Premier League and th- that's all like, you're not allowed to say anything bad to a Villa yeah. fan like, or Premier, Premier, Premier League and now it's just you're obsessed you're obsessed like you, again you still as a Wolves fan you still can't say you still can't say anything negative to a Villa fan because they'll just say well you're obsessed Fuck off! <laughs> like, <laughs> and, 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 like, for this for this point in, in my lifetime, we're actually we're we're better than than Villa. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying we're a bigger team, bigger club than Villa, because that's another argument completely. But we're better than them now, like on quality, man for man, we're just better than them, and they just can't seem to mm. understand or let it sink in or accept the fact that right now we're better than them. So to beat them and beat them in the manner that we did was. Oh, so sweet! Yeah, uh, it was me. incredible, wasn't it? And 
I just I loved I loved it absolutely lo- loved it I mean, I've, I've celebrated goals probably as much as that man you like to have a cup game when the goals went in <laughs> I was celebrating each one my voice was like was hoarse on the Monday morning because I was not like, celebrating it that much just because I loved it they were just we were sticking it to him and um, again I mean th- their goal I didn't even, yeah. didn't even didn't even register for me because it's down the other end of the pitch I didn't even know what was going on until they were resetting up to start the game again and the, the scoreboard had changed and I was like shit, I generally didn't see that happening or well I was I was in the North Bank so I saw that the I saw the ref check his watch and I thought mm, what's going on here and then he pointed away but then there was such muted celebrations I thought oh what's happening is it a foul is it what's what's going yeah. on here and then and then it was a goal for, for me when it comes to like Villa fans because they're so at work where I work in Albury there's you know there are a few of them there but they didn't give it before the game so like I try, you know, you try and give it afterwards, and it kind of falls on deaf ears a little bit. Like the rivalry isn't quite there at work with it is with some of the mm. Albion fans that I work with, as it's so close to uh, to the poor fawns. Yeah. So it's a uh, shame really that they didn't give it a little more before for me because I could really stick it to them. <laughs> but to be fair, if you go on the hashtag AVFC, there are plenty of dickheads on there who've been giving it like. Is it the highlight of Gavin or at UTV Gavin eighteen seventy four? Villa will be fine. We have the best young striker in Europe, the best midfield outside of the top two, and the best centre-back partnership in the league, bar Van Dijk and Matip. We will be fine. The best young striker in Europe? Are they in about Wesley? Because <laughs> yeah. one of the questions, one of the points I've written down here is how shit are Brazil now? <laughs> because Wesley and Douglas Luiz have both got call-ups. I mean, it's a far cry from Oof. like Ronaldo and Valdinho, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> Re- and the best centre-back partnerships. <laughs> Another point I've got here is, if Mings can play for England, do you reckon we might still have a chance? <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still crediting Mings with the assist for our goal. It's, yeah. Because well, he, he was inside down Jura, yeah. right? And he's, in his little smile as well. Yeah. His little smile after he got the booking, thinking, yeah, I've done one there. Yeah, you really yeah. have done one there. Yeah, he's probably, he's probably, he's probably yeah. thinking, oh, I've just I've let Troy know that I'm there. Anyway, <laughs> I'll take the yellow, yellow card from that. But then Villa, in infinite wisdom, just give Neves the freedom of like the final third of the, the Molyneux pitch for him to tap one in. It was a beauty, wasn't it? Cause, like, I, I know she's when we had that free kick that Neves was stood to the, the left of the D, actually looking at their goal. That's a very unusual position if he's going to try and get involved. I thought he'd be a bit more central. And then obviously we found out why he did that and what a sweetly struck finish that was from 20-odd yards. For it to not be a training ground routine as well and then to just make it up on the fly. Because you think you look at it and you think, oh, that's been planned. Mm. And then for him to say, no, Joe just came and he just did it himself. I thought, yeah, that's because he's a wonderful man. That's because it's Joe. He's just a beautiful, beautiful person. <laughs> In every sense of the word. <laughs> did, did you see it full time when he ran over and gave that kid his shirt? Obviously, it's one of the poppy shirts, which they tend to raffle off after the games. Ah, okay. So, but I still thought, well, the fact that you've just done that, you just, I fucking love you. <laughs> it's just that simple. It's just such a great person. There's been an explosion of that now in Molly this year, have you noticed? Kids with the cardboards. No. Oh, yeah. Cardboard yes. Yes. Can yes. I have, have your shirt? They're all here. Or the ones in the, uh, the temporary stand, the kids have got full-on sombreros and Mexican <laughs> garb on, and, and <laughs> I think the nurse just goes over it with pity <laughs> or embarrassment for them to go, here you go, just have it, just yeah. have it, just have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is brilliant. I mean, how silly of him, just silly Neves completely on his own and, that, and that's what he's known for. <laughs> it is naive, yeah. isn't it, though? It is naive honest. of a defender to, to allow that to happen. You shouldn't be allowed to happen, should it? You know, well, you'd, you'd if, if you've, you've done it, if you've done fantastic Mings, the ones who's the best centre half in England, yeah. would look at him and go, "Does someone want to get on Neves?" But there you you'd go. You'd think, you'd think, and of yeah. course, the other goal scorer that day, 
Mr. Raul Jimenez. I think I, I mean, thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna be one of them where he could have had a trick and more himself. Yeah. And you think he was almost he was almost trying too hard in the end. He, I mean, he was being a bit like a, like Robbie Keane selfish. I've said that before. He was just trying to do way too much when there's no real need to, just because he was snatching at things and he was. You think, well, another day this season straight away, mm. but then to still to still have the composure to just to check his run and step back for that finish, superb again, superb. He's finishing on the turn. He's quite incredible. When you look back at like, the one he did against Man United and everything, and his his actual movement is just it's exceptional. The one at Spurs at Wembley as well. Yeah, yeah. Did he score one against finish. Punic or was it Crusaders? Like he, he, he hits it and turns it. He turns around and smacks it in. I thought what was excellent yeah. about um, his goal was, well, A, Traore looking up, finding his man, not just running to the byline and, 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 and crossing it in. He looks up and then for Jimenez to step back and allow the, the space, his man doesn't pick him up at all. And then when he hits it, he doesn't hit it with you know a lot of velocity. He doesn't absolutely cane the ball. But he hits it so delicately and it just go, nestles into that corner. And like it was just amazing. It was a really, really good, well-worked and Traore deserves applause for it as well. You know, mm. you know, to basically run the length of the pitch, look up, find his man. Jimenez steps back, and nestles it in. Brilliant. When we signed Traore, you know, was it nearly eighteen months ago now? And their fans were giving it large, trying to take the piss, saying, <laughs> "Oh, he's he's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. Thanks for the sell-on fee, all that crap." And now who's laughing? Yeah. He's turned himself into a someone that Spain want to be playing for them. That's how good a player he's become now. And he's he's destroyed them with one hamstring as well, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it just shows what good coaches can do. Obviously, Villa, yeah, Villa, Villa had the same raw materials that we had. Mm. We've just done something with it. Instead of, and same for Middlesbrough. That you know, well, he was better at Middlesbrough than he was at Villa, but Villa had the same player that, that we had. It's just he, we've coached him to become what we've now seen yeah. this season. Nuno saw something in him because... You're right, a lot of people were just willing to either load. There's a rumours about him being loaned out. There was rumours of let's just take the hit on him, sell him for 15 million somewhere else. But no, like one, Ferguson wouldn't allow that because of the investment made in him. Mm-hmm. And Nuno, so there's a player here. So obviously Costa and Cal were the first to go and then you know, we'll, work, we'll work with Troy because if you get it right with him, as we've seen, literally unstoppable. Yeah, he's deadly, isn't he? When how he gets do you stop him? Someone yeah. that strong and that fast? How, mm-hmm. how do you stop him? And you look at him, just do what Mings didn't try and wipe him out. You look at him and you think he's probably worth about thirty-five million now in the space of three months. From yeah. from the summer where he was almost worthless, and with, he just had the Troy potential that everyone talks about. Oh, he'll learn. Well, he has learned, and people have been ripped apart now every week. And the good thing I like about it as well, he's doing these things late in games. So like yeah. he's, he's, he's been, as it were, you, said, you said boxing clever earlier, he's boxing clever with how he uses his pace and how, like, how he uses explosive pace. Because if he does that every time he gets the ball, and let's face it, the fans, when he gets the ball, they want him to just yeah. run. Mm. But he, he probably can't do that. Every sort of, like FIFA or Pro Evo, you can't just <laughs> sprint R1 and yeah. do all your skill shit with the right <laughs> analogue stick all the time. Because come 60 minutes, he will be knackered. He probably, mm. well, probably, yeah, probably will be knackered. So... He's just doing it when he feels that timing is right. And normally for us, that's yeah. when we're on the break, isn't it? That's yeah, when we're yeah, breaking absolutely. from deep. I think last season, there were times where you could see he was going 100% all the time. And then, like you say, he's he's knackered within and five, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, and he just dies on his arse. Whereas this year, he's been very much, he's been selective. 
He's been going maybe at 80% for a couple of minutes and then dropping it down to 20. He's managing his game so much better. And this is where you have and to praise rewards. his intelligence. And we always say that we should praise, you know, to say not just praise mm-hmm. him for this, the, the physical attributes he's got, but praise him for the, the intelligence he's now showing. So he's obviously taking on board what the coaches are telling him and what Nino's telling him, but he's also deciding uh, by himself in times, in, in a game scenario, when to burn down the mm. wing take on players and when well, yeah, I mean play on, that was in the 85th minute of the game there you go I mean that that's incredible to still have that much power to have a lung busting run shrug off a, a foul let's be honest <laughs> he made no attempt for the ball he was just trying to take the man out but if that's not conserving energy like you said and like you know selectively choosing when to exert your energy then you know in the 85th minute I don't know what is yeah. I think one thing for me is the fact that he's had now a run of a, you know a few games where we're not experimenting with his position, there's no there's no way Nuno in his wildest dreams now would think about playing him at right wing back, like so far back at the pitch now. Mm. Um, you know the, he's been given a run as um, as a right winger and and he's absolutely getting the ball and you know running with it. So you know, do you think and that's because of his partnership with the Doc? I think so. so. He doesn't have to do that. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, they're developing a nice partnership between the two of them where it seems like they're quite cohesive where they know where each other are going to be. And that's always obviously a massive plus. Um, And I just think that now we're seeing, like you mentioned, the intelligent side of his game, not just a cart horse running up and down and, uh, and just trying to blindly cross him when he can. Now we're seeing the intelligence side of his game. He's so much more effective further up the pitch. But we said that about Neves, to be fair, haven't mm-hmm. we? Now he's played maybe 10, 15 yards further up the pitch. Look how much more effective he is. So, you know, when we've started putting the square pegs in the square holes, look how much better we Makes are. Makes a big difference, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Which brings me on to the next point, actually, the back three. <laughs> Dendonka. He plays centre-half for the the ranked first team in the world. And he's finally, now, after, again, 18 months, finally playing centre-half for Wolves. How are, we think, how are we thinking that him, Cody, who also made his 200th league appearance for Wolves, and Saiz, how are we thinking about the new look back three at the moment? I thought Den Donker was man of the match. I thought he was absolutely exceptional. I mean, he just... It's, it's one of them where it's, it's come through circumstance rather than actual thought that he's mm. actually playing there and Vallejo being so, such a joke <laughs> so, I, I think, otherwise I don't think he would have he would have got a look in. I think that would have been the plan to Vallejo or Bennett to play there but now I think Bennett, the only way Bennett's going to get back in is if Cody has a rest and he plays there in the cup because mm. he's just he's made that position his own in two weeks and you look at the, the, the improvement from the Arsenal game where the, yeah he probably lost his man and he was it probably switched off but again that was that back three's first game together, really, to the difference on Sunday, and it's it was night and day. They looked mm. like they've been playing together for ages. Yeah, they had a very good understanding. I thought they did. They look excellent. I think if you were a neutral and you didn't know anything about Wolves and you looked and watched that game, you wouldn't have thought that that was a thrown together due to circumstance back three. Mm. I think they looked really composed together. I think you know. I think Cody had a really good game considering. He had Wesley, who's you know a brick shit house. And we th- know Cody often struggles when he plays up against the lump. Yeah, so we thought that could have been a potential. He could have been bullied, um, but he wasn't. And it was a really assured, really assured performance from all three of them. And I know I've already mentioned about Sace and, and the yellow. So he, you know, did outstanding not to get drawn in. 
mm-hmm. you know, to fouls because they they did play a lot on their right hand side, you know, attacking attacking us on that right hand side where Sace was um, for for a, a large portion of the game. Um, I just think they looked, you know, we looked so much calmer than Villa did. They looked so panicky at the back when they tried to play out from the back. They'd misplaced passes all over the place, and it just. You could tell who were the scared team. It was quite funny watching them trying to play out from the back. <laughs> it was almost like watching school kids try and play out from the back. It was uh, it was comically shit. But obviously, I, I, we know that obviously they were without Heaton, they were without Engels and the rat face knacker himself. <laughs> None of them were on the pitch. So I know that a few of them have said, oh, well, if we had these players, we would have put up more of a fight. Do you, does anyone actually agree with that? I think... Engels maybe because Engels is their best defender by yeah, a but, mile. But um, Con it, Con Consra. Yeah, Consra. Consra did well. He was their well. best player. Yeah, um, and Nyland they really do anything wrong either. No, he's always number one keeper anyway. Tell you like some sixteen-year-old. That sounds quite funny. Like when he by me, uh, some people around by me when he come on, yeah, some of the fans are going, oh, we've we've got to pepper him with shots now. Test him. It's going to be a dodgy. T- it's going to be a dodgy keeper. Test him. I thought. He's third, he's third choice keeper, but at a Premier League club, it's not like he's never <laughs> saved, had to save shots in his yeah. life. We haven't just they haven't just dragged someone out the away end to go in goal. <laughs> you know, he does face shots in training every <laughs> single day in training. As I, I just had the question, scratch my thinking, what? When they, yeah, and it, yeah, he didn't, didn't do anything wrong. It, it must be a bit annoying to be Jed Steer because obviously about two weeks before the season started, he was Villa's number one, so they brought Heaton in. He must have gone, oh, shit. Finally gets his chance against Wolves, and he's off after six minutes yeah. with a, with a <laughs> expanded leg. But, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, look at injuries. I know. And naturally, that's the first thing that they will go to, to say they're without X, Y, Z. And that that is true. It's a fact. They're without probably three first-teamers. But do you know what? What what do they want us to do about it? That's why you have a squad, though, isn't it? What, what do you want to, to avoid do, that? Do you want us to reschedule the game for when they're all fit and available? Is that what, <laughs> is that what they want us to do? Just, just unfortunately, just got to deal with it like we have without Bolly and whoever else. You mm-hmm. know, these 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 things happen. You know, they're just yeah, you have got to deal with it. And, and John McGinn was supposed to be their superstar, and again, <laughs> no. completely anonymous. Just didn't turn up, did he? And that's when the excuses from them come out. Oh, well, he's got to have Grealish to play alongside him. Oh, right, okay, yeah, fair enough. Right, yeah. Grealish used absolutely nothing at all all season, apart from running. But the only thing he does, he gets the ball, he runs and wins free kicks, which they score off. That's all he does. That's literally that's his job. He's. I mean, if that, it's that's very his, negative, isn't it? Yeah, mm. that's that's his that's his point in life. Then fine, but. The point is, would you have got past that our defence and our midfield? No, you wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> John McGinn was schooled by someone who's been out of form for the best part of a year and a 33-year-old. So, <laughs> but what a 33-year-old! Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, again, the point you're saying before, defence for me just marshal them com- like, completely. Um, it's funny how these things can happen, like through injury, like someone drops into a position and. It's like they were meant to play there. Obviously, yeah. obviously, as previously, uh, Den Donker, of course. And I'm a massive fan of Bennett, but he, and I've, I've been on record about that, but he can't come back in at the minute because Den Donker at the minute has played to a level where you can't drop him. He would mm. he would be pissed off if he, if he's replaced. You can't play an eight out of ten and then warm the bench the week after. Can exactly, you? it was it was fantastic. Well, that's, that's the quickest way to lose a player. That is, mm-hmm. you've had a storming game and then you stick him on the bench. I mean. Alternatively, he could just return to midfield, which is an option, of course. But you can't take him out of the team. And, and Cody, from, Cody was my man of the match because he didn't put a foot wrong. And, and for, as for what's already been mentioned, you know, we struggled against bigger players before, like your Mitrovic's and all that. So 
you did think, well, how's he going to go, you know, against someone like Wesley? But it was and some of the passes he was pinging around again. It was just, I thought it was amazing. And he has come in for a bit of flack, certainly within these four fan cast walls in recent <laughs> weeks. So I think you have, you have to praise him when he does have a, a flawless game, which I thought he did. I mm. thought it was absolutely fantastic. Mm, I'd agree. Obviously, VAR raised its head again on three occasions. Obviously, there was the Doherty penalty appeal. There was the Johnny penalty appeal. I can't remember which of their players it was against. And then, obviously, we went down the other end, and that was when we had another appeal for the handball on Taylor. What do we think of those three? Are we happy about how they were dealt? I thought they got the results spot on in all three of them. I think to... I mean, the, Johnny's tackle was when I mean, you watch it back, and it's excellent. It's, yeah, it's risky, it's superb, but yeah. ex- it's just he, he's got it spot on. I and mean, for the ref to be absolutely blatant that he, he played the ball as well, the way VAR is this season, that's never been overturned anyway. But the dirty one never looked like a penalty to me, really. Um, it just looked like well, he was he was pulling as much as he, the other guy, and the handball was way too close. So for me, for a change, <laughs> there was <laughs> there was no real drama in it, and it didn't take overly long really compared to what we've had so far but now it was fine for me yeah I'd agree I mean don't get me wrong especially with the Doherty penalty shout seven points in it's a stone stone waller but in the cold light of day no you're probably right and considering some of the VAR decisions over the weekend for other teams I think VAR wasn't and shouldn't have been the talking point of the day I think it was you know the, the right decisions were made but did they not have some stinkers this weekend? <laughs> it, it was one of those. Well, I say one of those every weekend. Yeah. It's becoming more and more ridiculous, isn't it? So it there really was something is. I mentioned a few months back. What about if it touches a player's hand and then they go to the other end and score a goal? So it's not a handball, then it is a handball. And this is bound to happen at some point, And obviously it happened in the Man City-Liverpool game. Mm-hmm. It does hit Trent Alexander-Arnold's hand. They then go up the other end and put it in the back of the net. So surely that should then be disallowed and a penalty should be given because it was a handball in the box. Like, it's such an f- absolutely farcical. It is farcical. <laughs> <laughs> you can just get yourself in knots trying to figure this shit out. But the thing is, I think the justification was that it hit Bernardo Silva's hand first and then it hit Trent's hand. So, okay, so so then surely you stop play for the handball. Do you play advantage? But then when you play in advantage, a handball has been made by a Liverpool player. It's just... It's an absolute mess, and, it, and you know that and it, that game, which so many times does become a dud game when it's hyped up by Sky so mm. so much. But you think of an outsider in foreign countries where they've got VAR a lot better than we have. They must look at that and think, "What an absolute mess! <laughs> what a mess in their biggest game of the season!" And these sh- stupid English people cannot sort <laughs> sort the shit out. It's ridiculous. I think we seem to have been a bit arrogant in this country about. Um, the implementation of it in the fact that feel free to correct me if I'm wrong I'm willing to be very willing to be corrected but th- in all the other countries in Europe that have VAR they actively go to the monitors don't they the referee I goes believe to so definitely doing the Bundesliga I've seen yeah. it on, on yeah. a few occasions yeah. Yeah, and, and in where, France where I've seen it and I, I don't I, unless unless the reasons have been published for which I have not seen um, I don't understand why they are in, not instructing the referees to go and look at it because effectively, it's just being re-refereed by someone sat in the studio in Stockley Park, where the ref, if he's unsure, just go and have a look, and then you just watch it on loop back and back, and that's what they seem to in the yeah. Bundesliga. And then they'll just go look at him and go, "Well, right, I can say, and he'll make his own decision." But right now, 
I another ref will just refer to I another ref too sat watching on the telly and he'll just go I think you should do this and he'll just go right you are then and he'll and he'll just give it well, why it, it doesn't make I don't understand why like the Bundesliga have just adopted it and it seems to be got more smoother and we're just making it difficult for ourselves yeah. to understand they're, it they're trying to be cocky and think that we could do better and yet again it's all gone tits up and the the the, the what they said in the summer was that it'll be, it would slow the game down, going to the all, to the side all the time. But you just got a ref standing, looking at the sky or looking at the grass, touching his ear like he's got some infection. <laughs> and well, it, well, that's wasting time anyway. You might as well go over to the side, f- play with his ear as well, and watch him. But <laughs> the, uh, and, the, <laughs> and what, what do we play with while we're waiting? <laughs> well, good warnings about that. But Brassel said a, a thing today that. It's got to the stage now where refs ain't giving anything because they can get bailed out by the VAR, but then the VAR ain't giving anything either because they don't want to over the, overrule the ref. Mm, it's true. And yeah. it's just turned into a joke. Mm. And you look at it in Russia where it worked, worked perfectly and you had penalties that were penalties for shirt pulling and pushing each other over, like the Leicester game where they should have had one in the first five minutes. Why? Well, just give the penalty. It's not hard. It's just the, ref, yeah. the referees are absolutely up their own arses. They're arrogant and they won't even though they've got the tools, they won't say that they're wrong. That's the, that's the main difference. To that point, Neil Swarbrick was asked how he felt that it's gone, that the implementation of VAR, and he said about 7 out of 10. Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah, about 7 out of 10. I'm quite pleased with how it's gone, he said. So that tells you everything. My mate, my mate saw that and sent me, sent me out on WhatsApp. He said, I think they've missed the minus off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so back to the Villa game, and... I think we, we should round it off with who's man of the match. Who's getting a little bit of the bubbly? Matt? <laughs> a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> um, just because I've hammered the point home, I'm going to give Sace my man of the match purely because um, I think he so easily could have got caught up and got a red card and that would have changed the tide as bad as Villa were. I think when you're a man down with a makeshift back three, I know we, we have said how good they were. I think that could have changed things quite significantly. So Sace would be my man of the match. I think we, we, I think we say so. It's it's all like the naughty kid at school yeah. where he has to be told no first. So <laughs> you can't do that. You yeah. can't do that. Behave. You know, You'll oh, go on the naughty. Step. Yes. Okay, sir. And then behave for the rest of the game, apart from the palace. And <laughs> but yeah, I mean, from what I said earlier, I mean, it could be an, it could be no one's even mentioned Johnny. And Johnny yeah, true. And, yeah. Johnny was superb again, just being Johnny all the time. And it's, but I've got to go with Denton Dendonka, like I said earlier. He was superb for me. Mm, yeah. Pricey, I'm gonna pick the the only one that hasn't from the back three that hasn't been picked yet. I'm I'm sticking with Cody. I think he was fantastic, and I think yeah, I th- I didn't see him put a foot wrong. So for his That's for his fair. defensive play, his ball distribution, everything, I thought it was spot mm. on. I think I'm gonna step away from the back three and go for Martinho. Just because because he's just fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> just for no other reason than he's just brilliant. It could, justify, it could have justifiably been any of those, though, and nobody would have, you know, batted an eyelid. To be fair, yeah. So, I mean, why not? You could probably make an argument for pretty much anyone on the pitch for us. I think that there's probably only Jota who probably had a seven. Everyone else who's eight and above. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those. And on that note, I think we'll take a quick break.
Hey everyone, it's David here. Now, you already know by now if I'm on the show or I'm not on the show and my voice is here, you know, one of those silly ghost things. Anyway, I'm just here to say um, we've got a lovely website and our friends over at Pixel Yeti Media do that. And if you're looking for web design or your business needs a new logo or a bit of marketing, go take a look at pixelyetimedia.com. And also, they're not just web designers, they're also a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites to brochures and signage to marketing, logo design, and branding. So, take a moment after this podcast and go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. And welcome back <laughs> part two of the uh, Wolves Fancast. Because we've got an international break coming up, obviously we've got nothing to look forward to regarding the next match. So I thought we'd do a bit of player appreciation. I think in the last week, two players have particularly stepped up and stood out. The first one I wanted to discuss was Raul Jimenez. 66 appearances, he got his 50th league appearance on the weekend, he scored 33 goals and 11 assists. I was going to ask, is he worth his weight in gold? But apparently that's only three and a half million euros. <laughs> so I will ask, how does he rank in the, the pantheon of Wolves number nines? Pricey? Well, I mean, obviously with Wolves fans, he's, he's never going to usurp certain Stephen George bullies in let's 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 be honest but for present day fans so probably the ones who've grown up with players when he retired it's probably the best one we've had in all fairness because I just when you add the context to it so when we signed him initially on loan I think a lot of us a lot of fans were just saying well who is he who is he yeah then they played for Benfica but he you know he wasn't prolific he wasn't the first starter for him our eyes were glued to the World Cup, wasn't it, at the start <laughs> when we signed for him? And he got, a, he didn't, didn't he come off the bench once, didn't he, or something like that? Against Germany. So naturally, we're thinking, oh, right. So expectation gets dampened. And, you know, for the first, what, 10, 15 games, he wasn't prolific, was he? Let's, let, let's be honest. But we could all see how hard he was working. Sounds like a trend, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but then he just starts, just, you know, he just starts adding regular goal scoring to his game. And you can see sometimes when we play without him, how much we struggle. And when you think of the calibre of opposition that we're up against now and how he's regularly scoring goals and leading the line, he's fantastic. And I know when you look down the line of our number nines, I'm sure there'll be some other suggestions in a minute, but when you look down, a lot of our number nines are different types of players. You know, as I said like before, you know, Cole Court's been number nine, Andy Keogh's been number nine, Lee Griffiths have been number nine. Mm. Uh, I don't think Yannick Sagbo was number nine, was he? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's been quite a variant of a number of players, but... You know, you, you can you can say a silver Nearbanks Blake kind of could, but he just was an out and out goal mm. scorer. He, you know, he, he just giving the ball anywhere in the final third and well, in the penalty area, and he'll find the back yeah. of the net. Whereas him and there's different type of player to that. He knows where the back of the net is, but he can also work work the channels, mm. work a back three, maybe in the back four on his own. Um, but for me, I think yeah, and until someone steps in and prove, proves otherwise at the Premier League level, he's been. Probably he's probably in the, the top three number nines that we've ever had, and I'll probably put him at number two at the minute. To be yeah. honest, so widen it out then. Centre forwards then, as opposed to just number nines. Matt, what what do you reckon? Well, I've gone down a slightly different tact with this. Um, looking at in terms of player status, i.e., worldwide mm. acclaim and fame. So, looking at the amount of like followers, and I know you know this to some older fans, this won't mean Jack Diddley, um, <laughs> but Wolves have. As of seven o'clock this evening, when I did my research, 
five hundred and one thousand followers on Twitter, which is a good, you know, good amount for it, for, you know, for a, for a, you know a team, you know, a half a million. Raúl Jiménez has a cool three point two seven million followers <laughs> on Twitter. That's six and a bit times the following that the club he plays for <laughs> has. If that doesn't show kind of what an icon he is to Mexico and what a cult status figure he is. And then from Wolves' point of view, the release of a third kit for One Nation's appreciation. <laughs> I don't know what is. So he's by far the biggest player we've ever had it, it, as a centre-forward. Um, in terms of like name in the game, obviously Jay Martino would probably top that list for me. Um, but in terms of our number nines or our centre-forwards, he's definitely the biggest icon or the biggest mm. name we've ever had. And I don't think that will be topped for a long time unless... We're the move next for Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> uh, after uh, whoever he goes to from Juve. Um, in terms of in the in the time that I've been watching Wolves and you know at the very back end of Bully's career and watching Sylvan Sylvan Ebanks Blake, I think I look at him fondly, but that's purely from a nostalgia point of view. Mm. I think as a player, he's you know he's, he's a much better caliber, um, and then add that in with his kind of global appeal, I think he's probably the biggest player we've ever had. Maybe, maybe not the best yet, but I think we've still got a lot of miles in the tank left with him to prove me wrong anyway. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. He's he's on his way to legendary status at the club, I think. So, you know, you look on Football Manager and it tells you club legends. I could definitely see in two or three years' time that Raul Jimenez now would be on that list. Stu, what you know, do you reckon to the man? I think you look at the, the, both the points and you you think, well, doing rating it on eras and... Yeah, Bully was unstoppable, and you know I saw the same thing about the last five years of his career, mm. um, which even then he was better than everyone else. Yeah, in the division that we're in, um, so was Robbie Keane, and so was Ebanks Blake in the Championship, not in the Premier League. So you look at well, you look at the biggest, and the biggest is obviously mixing Pat Lightning, <laughs> but um, <laughs> and you look at some of the shit and Cedric Roussel and Havard Flow and all the nonsense that we've had to put up with over the years. Uh, yeah, <laughs> super Robert Taylor, and now we got Catroni. And um, <laughs> but he's he's not even just a, a centre forward or a striker. He's an all round player, I and mean, he could play in midfield. He's that good. And I think I don't even think we we realise how good he is. I don't think he realises how good he is himself yet. And he's only got twenty eight mm. going into his peak. Well, you think the, the time he spent warming the bench at Benfica. That does strike me as someone who possibly should have bet on themselves a bit sooner. Because as soon as he has backed himself, he's come here and he's, he's hit the ground running. But then it, it could be the same that the Jamie Vardy effect, though. Jamie Vardy peaked late and he's, yeah. and he's what, 33 now? And look, what he's, look at how good he is now compared to even when they won the league three years ago. Probably he's the best striker in the league. At, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's even better now than he was then. Yeah. And it was the same being right back in the day where the, sometimes strikers come through later on. And it might be the same with Jimenez, where he's come, he's playing regular football now. At last, he has backed himself at last, and he's just—it's just the start of what could be twenty twenty-five goal a season for the next five years. It could be—it could mm. be ridiculous. I mean, he's on thirteen goals already this season in all competitions. <laughs> what was um, Fletcher was our top Premier League scorer last time? What did he get? Eighteen was it that one season? What Premier League goals? Yeah, I think he finished in like twelve or something. Oh, was it only twelve? Oh, I thought it was more than that. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, because he, no, yeah, because him and his beat Fletcher's 
Premier League goal record of thir- 12 or 13. Oh, yeah. wow. But I thought was, it was even more. So he really is showing his, his true class. But Fletcher played in everything, though, because we didn't have a squad. True. Yeah. Well, Fletcher, I remember that. I remember because I was uh, we were saying in, in the group chat earlier when we about Fletcher and I really I really love Fletcher. See, I love Stephen Fletcher, such a skillful player and obviously a bit different to what Doyle was. He was just like the battering ram. Mm-hmm. But I remember when when we signed him, we just used to obviously Mick favoured Doyle like all the time. Didn't he? he'd always play yeah. up. And Fletcher would always come on and he wouldn't come on for Doyle obviously because he was just running Doyle into the ground ninety minutes every game. <laughs> you're, you're up against his back four on your own. And he'd like bring Fletcher on the like right wing or something daft, and he just everyone, everyone, everyone just like getting fed up. What yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you putting him there? And I remember when Doyle got injured and he had to play Fletcher up front, and he just he scored. He's like he had he could he could jump higher than Doyle. He had good heading. He, he was skillful. He was better finisher than Doyle. He was a better player mm. than Kevin Doyle, funny enough, and could play the low man role better. And then suddenly he was like the man that saved our season, wasn't he? The, the, the second yeah. season under Mick, and um, I thought it was great. I, I loved I love. I love Fletch. Yeah, so I was a bit nostalgic there, but yeah. But the thing with Stephen Fletcher as well, his name's Stephen Fletcher. He's from <coughs> is he Edinburgh, I think. You don't expect him to be actually quite a skillful player, and he really <laughs> like he looked like he was a bit awkward and whatever. But he's a bit of a wrong one as well, wasn't he? Oh god, yeah. Just, just Google him. I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna say <laughs> anything here. Just Google. Yeah, our Scotch centre forwards <laughs> have caused a bit of bother across the uh, across the years. I think. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes. <laughs> the other player I wanted to appreciate, who I think's had a really excellent week. I know he missed the penalty last week, but against the uh, the team from just down the road, I thought he was superb again, Mr. Ruben Neves. Since he's been at the club, he has uh, made 102 appearances now, 14 goals, 11 of those have been from outside the box. <laughs> Obviously, the only ones that were inside the box were penalties. So I was thinking, can we... Tell, or can you tell me your three favourite Ruben Neves goals? They don't have to be the ones that you think are his best, just the ones that are your favourites of his. Matt? Well, I was really resenting this question because I was in Poland for, for that Derby goal. Oh, yeah. So I was in a restaurant called Spakanapoli. <laughs> take, that, take that as you it does exist um, with the wife and I've got the game I've got the phone on my lap and I'm looking down and I'm trying to maintain eye contact and you know be the old romantic and I'm looking down on them going oh my god look at that and, uh, the restaurant's starting it's one of those so I wasn't there to see it live so I, I can't go in my top because I wasn't That's there fair. to see it um, the free kick against Arsenal when we won 3-1 was a personal highlight only because it added to a game where I think we were 3-0 up at one point against Arsenal. Mm. And I just thought, what is going on here? This is a, this this shouldn't be happening. This is insane. It was like, it was a really, you know, it, was a, it set the tempo for that game. It was a great free kick. Um, and it just added to what was like just a really amazing game for us. Mm. Um, the Sheffield Wednesday, I've, I've got down here, the 20 yards out. It looks mm. like he's going to absolutely... And I think I used the word in my blog the other day, hit a thunder bastard. <laughs> and he doesn't. He really deftly hits it. So he, he runs up to it. It looks like he's going to smack it. Deftly hits it. And it trickles it. Well, it trickle in. But it gets into the bottom right-hand corner. It never corner. leaves the ground. And it and goes it's just beautiful. It's, players, like, it's like poetry in motion. Mm. Hardy Boys reference there. <laughs> um, and then the third one I've, I've, I've decided on was the Everton free kick to equalise at 1-1, I think that was. First game uh, of last first season. First game of last season. Only because... For me, it it set 
the mood of, yep, we're here, we're Wolves, this is going to be something special, look at this goal, it's, it's not a scrappy, you know, 10 men in the box, just poked it in, this is a free kick of absolute quality and yeah. this is what we're going to be about this season. The other thing I liked about that goal was that he absolutely shit-hosed like an extra 10 yards. It was like 30 yards out the foul, but he took it 20 yards from the goal, brilliant. It's all about it, you know, yeah. it was gamesmanship, isn't it, that's what we yeah. call it, isn't it? So? Absolutely. Stu, what I are your top three? The Everton one was the Everton one was going to be mine as well, but just for the same reason that it was like a, yeah, we're back, and we're gonna ha- we're gonna handle this league fine. I mean, fair enough, he didn't really handle it in fine himself, yeah. but <coughs> um, yeah, the, that one. But the other two, um, first one Hull, that night yeah. in Hull, and I mean we, we were in that. God awful, well, what seemed what wasn't a god awful place in the end, was it? That that pub that we found in the middle of nowhere. Oh Christ, no. That yeah. was quite a wealthy, strange little area. That, yeah. Was yeah. it North Ferriby? Yes, that was it. I was trying to think of that the other day. Yeah, it was um, yeah, like, well, uh, uh, dripping with cash on one end and just dripping the other end. <laughs> <laughs> and our blue third shirt all there, mm. wearing proudly. And um, for just the technique of it and just... Because we didn't really expect it at that time either. It was like, it came out of nowhere. Mm. And it was that the first one, maybe? Yep, yep it was. And it was... It was just the. I mean, Hull were a decent team that, that that well didn't turn out to be a decent team that season. But going into the season, they were the, one of the teams that were going to be up there. And to do that to Hull in that game, in the way that we can we controlled it as well in parts, it was just incredible. And yeah. just the reaction of everyone as well. It was just it was one of the first limbs moments of the season. And then the third one was Cardiff. Mm. Yeah, I think Cardiff was the, the free kick. Just. Just to see that little kid afterwards. <laughs> Rupa Nevers. And it was... Where was that? Cardiff away. No, I said, what was that accent? <laughs> no, he, he, did, he wasn't Welsh, was he? He, was, he, was, he had a weird kind yeah, of... Neither was that. No, no, no. <laughs> Hence why. <laughs> it was sound accurate. You go, you go and find it. And then... Um, no, it was... It was, again, because of where it was and, and Warnock and all that stuff. And just to just the emotional release from that time and then what came with the penalties later on didn't really matter but that goal was just incredible and mm. the technique and again staying a couple of yards got to be done Yeah. but now them, them three for me were the ones when you said the question that was the first three that came into my mm. head yeah Ad what are you going so, for? unfortunately with me going last some of mine have been covered already <laughs> yeah mine have <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah Sheffield Wednesday for one of mine just because it's different from the rest it's not like a free kick or a long range thunder bastard in the traditional sense. Mm. It is just one of those where it's just like a placement from 20 yards in the bottom corner and he couldn't have, he literally couldn't have done it better or more accurate because he just bends off inside the post and goes in and you just think, (laughs) what an amazing goal that was. Just like just daisy cutter through the grass and then off the post. That was brilliant. And then, yeah, the other one I was going to say was Hull because that's where it all started with him and yeah. obviously we knew he was a big deal player when we first signed him and we knew that he was someone special and this was when he really like announced himself on the league and like, we can he can do that. <laughs> Fantastic. And then for the third one, I was kind of torn in a way between, obviously I'm, I'm excluding Derby from this because that just goes without saying that's just yeah. up there on its own pedestal. Like Sheffield United at home was one which I liked purely because of how it bent and again pinged off the post as it went in. That, I think that was like a was that a Friday night or midweek? That was a midweek game. Home Sheffield it was, United. Yeah, I think I'm it sure was, it was a midweek. Friday night, wasn't it? Oh, that was we it were on TV. 
That was it. Because I remember I bought, the next night I went into that Sainsbury's local at Compton and, and I bumped into him and I didn't have my phone with me. I couldn't ask for a photo. <laughs> I was like, shit, like the, the day after he's just done Gutting. that. And I couldn't like I couldn't take a photo. But I mean, Cardiff one was a momentous one just because of the, the, the what that game meant and, and the pressure that was on it. Um, but I remember the one that, and this isn't in my top three, but one that just oh, sticks out for me just because what the bloke in front of me said at the time. When we scored that one against Man United when he bent it in, when um, yeah, in the league game this uh, was it this year? No, sorry, um, was it this year? When he bent, he bent it. Oh, it was this year. year. That's yeah. <laughs> I get my, my timelines mixed up. <laughs> so, uh, he bent it in, obviously, and it it, it tinged in um, when we drew one one. The bloke in front of me just turned around while I was mid celebration. He went, "Yeah, and that's better than his derby goal because he had two players where it was like closing down." I didn't want my mood to go from like sheer elation to sheer annoyance in a millisecond because I can get annoyed quite quickly. So I, and I just, but it's only afterwards. I, afterwards, and I stopped annoyed about it. I was like, "What a horrible opinion to have to say mm. that anything was better than that derby goal." Yeah, that's ridiculous. But as good as goals it was, I mean, obviously, I think with the derby goal, I've saw it more on TV back, which that memory of it on TV has now overtook the memory of me seeing it in real life because I've watched it so many times <laughs> uh, on yeah. telly. I can almost barely remember seeing it in, in real life. It, it was so ridiculous. I just laughed. I didn't, I didn't even celebrate. I just laughed, and uh, yeah. it, it, it was there was people going absolutely mental, and then there was other people just looking around at each other, and I was just just giggling like the uh, the new now gif. Where he's just standing there giggling to himself, it was like that. The best thing you can do is, I and mean, when you watch it back on slow mo from from when it's facing the crowd, you see people have already got their hands on the head in slow mo, <laughs> yeah. all the way, just going, "It's not, it's not, it is." It's, like, it's, I remember because the best goal ever. Obviously, where I'm sat, I'm elevated, looking down at the, the from behind the the goal that it went into. So he hits it and it goes really high, and I thought, "Oh, that's what's he doing? He skied that." And then you just see it's dropping, it's dropping, it's dropping. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's in the top corner, and you just don't know what to do with yourself. Absolutely. You've seen something mouth, so incredible. I think I just screamed in this man's face. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't quite process what had happened. Is there a better celebration? Because you know it's going to be a, a great goal than seeing him run at full pelt, finger on the temple, running away yeah. in the Premier League. A better like. Use celebration. I don't think there is. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, horrendously that, biased yeah. of it, but yeah, yeah it's a great but sight. Yeah, my top three. Hull. That goal is still my pinned tweet with the one with the Alan Partridge commentary. <laughs> I'd been. I was on holiday. I'd been on holiday the Saturday, Sunday, Monday in Skegness. Drove back home <laughs> to get on a coach with Stu to then go past Skegness to Hull. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, came back and then went back to Skegness the day after totally worth oh. it and it was worth it totally worth it was it. worth it yeah so that was one uh, the other one obviously the Everton free kick like you say it's just it's saying oh, we're back and the other one I wanted to mention obviously was the weekend's goal just the quick thinking between the two of them between him and Matinho it was just it was great and the relief because at that point in the game it was we'd had a few games where you think if we don't score now we're going to end up being 1-0 down and but actually just took the pressure off as soon as that went in and it was and it was a goal in the first half as well yeah and it was just euphoric it was <laughs> excellent right okay so time for Dan's quiz gents so, are we all ready for this oh no I forget about this I don't think it's quite as difficult but that's, that, that's I have more, seen the answers that's more pressure so that might be why right so we've got 
I need to get points on the board soon. Stu and add. Right, okay, there we go. We all got our uh, apps ready. Right. Right, ready. Excellent, right, okay. In November 2012, Wolves drew three all at home to Brighton under Stalla Solbakken, who scored our 90th minute equaliser that day. Jesus. No, I, I think I, I actually think I knew the answer to that one before um, before I read it on his thingy. So I don't think it's too difficult. I'm only looking seven seven years ago. Actually, that's gone quite fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm locked in. Locked in. Stu, are you ready? No. Yeah. You are. We're bowls it now for me. Are, are you? Yeah. You ready? Okay. I have. I'll so, put Seb. So you've gone for I've Seb. I've gone for Banks Blake. I've gone for Tongo. Dumbia. Oh, the forgotten man. Be yeah, daft. I've gone. I've gone Seb. I've gone Seb. Okay, so we're drawing a blank in the first round. <laughs> it was Roger Johnson. Oh, that was my second choice. Oh. Yeah, because I, I vaguely remember that was when Bollocks. the fans accepted him after he'd been there a year already, and then they started chanting. And then within twelve months, he was getting his <laughs> shirt thrown back in his face. <laughs> okay, so the second question then. Adama Traoré was due to be called up to the Spanish national side this week before injury ruled him out. But how many league goals did former Spain international Fernando Gomez score for Wolves? Full name. Fernando Gomez Colomer. Colmier. Colmier. Yeah. The bald mm. eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Slowest man on earth. But he just had so much technique. Yeah. He, didn't he, to, he didn't have to move. No. Imagine the, imagine the midfield of Carmes, Golma and Matinho. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you would have been watching it when um, we had Gordon Cowens. Mm, yeah, yeah, he, no, he was one of those players. He never really had any pace. And obviously, I think we signed him when he was mid-30s. But his technique was so good, it was just straight ahead of everyone else. We all got our answers ready? <laughs> league goals only. Mm. Uh, yeah, we'll say, yeah. Uh, yeah, how many league goals? Okay, yeah, I'm locked in then. Okay, right. Pricey, what are we saying? Two. <laughs> Two. <laughs> well, I'm way out of here because I've gotten a cool 12 goals. <laughs> 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 a complete stab in the dark. If it's four now, I'm going to be very mad. It is two. <sighs> so Stu and Ad are off done. the mark. If I remember correctly, I think he only played one full season with us. Yeah, he did. He, he, was, right, didn't he? he either went home or retired. So yeah. no, he was only on because you can never find him the season after on Football Manager or Chambers, <laughs> whatever it was at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he was uh, one of those cult players. Right, you, you're gonna have to listen to this one because it's worded quite odd. Okay. Okay. Radio One DJ Adele, what was announced as a contestant on this year's I'm a Celebrity, sharing the surname of more than one of our strikers from the nineties. So basically, what is the surname of DJ Adele? She was in Big Brother as well. I, I, I don't know. She was know. in the first season of Big Brother. I, I'm too old to listen to uh, Radio 1 now, so I have no idea. I think I might know this one purely because I read uh, an article on it on the lineup this afternoon. Is it because you're young and hip and still listen to Radio 1, really? I do not listen to Radio <laughs> 1. I've never listened to Radio 1 in my life. Unless, uh, unless Daniel Picard is on. Then I occasionally listen to that. It's a rock show. Oh, right, okay. I, I but even that, even that is like once in the blue moon. Yeah, I, I used to like was it Zane. Is it uh, Zane? It's a bit annoying. Zane Lowe. Yeah, he used to have a decent show back in the day, but that's going back some time. But yeah, I think it was Mark and Lard was still on <laughs> when I used to listen to it. 
Are we all locked in, gents? I'm locked in. <laughs> Why the hell not? <laughs> right, okay. So, Matt, what have you got? I'm literally just going... I'm going... I'm, I'm edging my bets, and I'm just going to go with a name that I think more people have than not. I'm going Taylor. Right, I'm okay. I've got a clue about Radio 1 or anything like that. Right. I've gone Simpson. I don't, it's not going to be right, is he? I've gone Roberts. And it's Roberts? Yeah. Right, okay. So, uh, Reading the news. Help, out help sometimes. Reading the news. Yeah. <laughs> I was concentrating on, on Ian Wright and that um, that Jenna thing being in there more than anything else. The Jenna thing. Is that what you said? That's. Uh, I don't know what you what you what you say anymore. I don't know. You're not a, well, <laughs> probably not thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there no makeup for a month. It's going to be harsh. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> I'm just going to move straight on. Can you name our last two players to wear the number eight shirt before Ruben Neves? Oh, one of these I remembered the other one I was very very disappointed sometimes the only reason play that I remember wearing number 8 shirt with Dennis Irwin <laughs> <laughs> way back when number 8 okay it wasn't even that long ago but it, they are quite tricky these questions to be honest mate mine's a stickler for shirt numbers you'd, you'd have reeled this off to you in a millisecond yeah, I, used, I used to be for years I, I knew off the top of my head wasn't it It'd be hard, hard mm. pressed. No, no, he didn't wear it, did he? I think it was when I used to play like champ manager and stuff regular. I used to know all of the squad numbers. But ah, I think one of these is wrong, but I'm just anymore. for the sake of I'm sure he time. I'm, I'm just locking, <laughs> I'm, I'm locking them in early doors. Oh, I'm sure he played. I'm sure he was number ten. I'm, I'm sure going to say one point for each of the answers. It doesn't specify, but we'll we'll go with that because otherwise, getting both, I think, will be quite tricky. I'll definitely not write them by the sense of it. I've locked in anyway. Okay, so Bryce is good. Stewie, are you ready? I've got absolutely no, I'm just. I've got no clue at all. I've got a brain drain. Right, okay. No idea. You'll kick yourself with a one of them, I think. Matt? Mm, I've got one. I'm just trying to think of a second. I'm trying to think of a second one, but I'm really like a, a loss. Number eight, who's going to play? And I know this one isn't right either, so it's the, it's the worst <laughs> thing about it. Um, Dennis Irwin might be right. Yeah, why, why the hell not? There we go. <laughs> Stu, you're forfeiting. Yeah, so, yeah. Give it okay. Up. <laughs> I'm almost certain did McDonald play at 10 oh I thought he was 11 yeah he was uh, 11 yeah no I'll fall for this okay Bryce, have I got a free run at this you've got a free hit I've just put um, Savile and Price Price was 19 eight, yeah. I thought was George Savile was 8 and the one before him was David Davis wow that's disappointing that he ever got a number 8 shirt that lovely chat um, yeah well, I got one. Sure, yeah. Savile. Yeah. Run, run away with it. Yeah, Price is uh, smashing it, this one. Because <coughs> we're on the last question now, so uh, it's all a bit academic. Laurie Del Rimple announced <coughs> this week... <laughs> why, why is that funny? Show? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, he's the incoming CEO of rugby union side London Harlequins. Can you name their stadium? <laughs> Um, I wouldn't have known this even if I was told it. <laughs> uh, I mean, considering it's like four people who have all admitted that we don't know shit <laughs> all about rugby, I'm guessing this is probably going to be. Uh, there's no point in no across the board. I don't, I don't know. Man of the Harlequin Stadium. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Quintuplet Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Stu. I was thinking Medeski, but I don't think that's them. I think that's someone else. No, it is the Twickenham Stoop. Oh, it's the one next door. Oh, the tip of my tongue. Yeah. It's, it's the one next door to, to Twickenham. Of 
Of course it is. Do we want the tiebreaker? What the hell not? Right, the okay. Hell not? 120 cent, 127 competitive games between Wolves and Sunday's opponents. How many have Wolves won? Obviously, the closest wins. Between the Wolves and West, yeah. West Winners of Belize have just played? Yes. Birmingham City Purple. <laughs> spaghetti, <laughs> spaghetti Athletic. Uh, how, what, out of 120? 127. How many have we won? Oh, um. Mm. I'm going to have a. As it's for fun, I'm going to have a. I've had a low, a low bar. Yeah, I've gone, I've gone, painfully low. Oh, oh, to be fair, I think if I was having to guess, I would probably have gone low because there were quite a few years we just couldn't get anywhere near. That's what I mean. That's what I'm yeah. locked in. Yeah, I'm locked in. Right. Okay, uh, Stu, what have you gone? Twenty-three. Right. Pricing. Thirty-five. Thirty-three. The answer was forty. So price has smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> aye, 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 aye. So yeah, well, well done, Adam. Hundred percent for me this this season. Prolific, just like Ralph. That is quite uh, I've been so pathetic. I even told it up yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, no. I'll go back in the international break and, and to the chart. There's, there's been so table. many weeks yeah. where I've just had zero. Mm. Well, I took Johnny Phillips to a tie break. That's what I'm, when I, mean, I when yeah, I eventually go on. I'm a celeb. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's my thing. Yeah, so. that that is good going. Right, so on to Twitter corner. Well, I say Twitter corner. We've got questions from Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram this week. So, right, let me uh, just pull up the questions. So, from Will J. Marston, who would you take from the Mick era to pre Foson in our current squad? Fletcher. No, that's a good, <laughs> good check. That is, yeah. 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 I can't remember that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, well, when I was talking about needing a creative player uh, and just my favourite non-Bull Wolf player of all time would be Milias. So, I'd, I'd, you know, <laughs> just 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 to take in and, you know, unlock the door, give us another option, someone could ping her. If, uh, for whatever reason, Neves wasn't playing, had another dead ball specialist. That's a good answer. Uh, yeah, I That's would like to see him and Milias. Like, he'd be, he'd like, be fantastic in this setup. He'd be quality, yeah, I yeah. agree. He'd be great. I think he'd be great. He didn't like him, did he, Mick? But... Um, we loved the fans loved him exactly yeah. See, him. I would quite like to have seen McDonald's play in this team because mm-hmm. yeah. he was quite he was a big burly man who could pick out a good pass he could split a defence whereas we haven't really got anyone who does that so yeah I think McDonald's would have been myself but good question that one um, right okay Molyneux Magic asks how many points are we going to get in our next three games can anyone remember who our next three games are Bournemouth Sheffield United uh, who's the third then? Wolves fixtures. Quickly look at the fixture list. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> Brighton yeah. after that. Yeah, we've got Bournemouth, Sheffield United and West Ham. Um, oh. Bournemouth away. The other two are at home. So yeah, I think uh, Sheffield United would be a tricky game Yeah, as well, to be honest. I think yeah. probably... Five. Yeah. I reckon about... Yeah. Five. I think it's fair. Five. So I think it's undefeated. Fair. Two draws and a win. Yeah, I think so. The draws being Bournemouth and Sheffield, Sheffield for me. Yeah. Yeah. Would you swap Ruben Neves for James Rodriguez? I know what she was going to say. <laughs> That's Scott WWFC on Facebook. He says, I personally, I wouldn't. I think we've got enough money, money and pull power to have both in the squad, should we wish. Is that Scott Scott? I don't know. He just says Scott WWFC. Yeah, is that... 
Yeah, it is. All oh, right, okay. It's Queenie. I'm not on Facebook, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay. He's done that for just to get my reaction. Eh? Oh, right. Okay. Month, about three weeks ago, I would have said absolutely go for it. But since Nevers has somehow rejuvenated himself, playing further forward and shown what he can do, I think the, just because of the age, I wouldn't now. Mm. Just because he's... If he can show that he can pick it up that quickly, then obviously he's not completely shot after all. <laughs> No, it was a no for me. He's 55 rated as pace on FIFA, so it's a no deal. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bust from me. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Neves is tomorrow. Him, um, what's his name? Hammers. Hammers is yesterday's man. So no, not for me. Oh, I think that's fair. I mean, the the ceiling with Neves is infinite, really. Yeah. yeah. I think that Hammers, the uh, Rodriguez thing with the when I superimpose him on top of the Manda centre. In the summer, <laughs> I think just brilliant. just for the the rumor alone, yeah. that, that was worth just his name being mentioned. Yeah. Uh, we've got a question from Lynx Wolf. Well, actually, from Lynx Wolf, seven year old, who has decided that Neto is his favourite player. Does Neto have a song? They can't get across much apparently to see the games. Now, I do remember we do sing a song about Neto, but for the life of me, I can't remember how it goes. We just sing his name, don't we? Isn't it just yeah. Pedro Neto? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like the same as Johnny. Is that all? Yeah. Again, yeah. Favorite in the majesty, which is exactly what you expect from a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait for Liverpool to do something and then just copy them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got a question from Colin Bayer. I'm, apologies if I've pronounced that incorrectly. Tapestry. Uh, <laughs> Kilman or Bennett at this juncture? Ooh. Mm. Well, Different what's sides. What's the context of the question? Which one are we getting rid of them? Are we. I think it's we, who are you going to play? They're playing different sides. Different sides so, yeah. <laughs> yeah unless, unless you've got Bolly next to them and who could play both sides, then. Mm, irrelevant. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's obviously going to be Bennett because of. Experience and he's yeah. lord. So, so but the question is: Do you go with experience, or do you go with? Yeah, in, in that in that case, then yeah, Benny. Well, then we, why don't we have our own context? Of the question: Which one would you rather go on a night out with? Uh, which one would you rather go on a night Kilman out with? Kilman or Bennett? <laughs> I well, reckon Bennett I'd rather go out with Kilman because at some point in the night, Bennett's going to say, "Shall I get the guitar out?" <laughs> yeah, I'd rather yeah. Need to no, be no, one, no one yeah. likes that, do they? <laughs> no, no one likes that. Yeah, it'd be Bennett. Good point. For me. Yeah, <laughs> experience over youthful exuberance for me. Mm, that, that's fair and the final question who do you all race ass on Mario Kart now I'm, I'm going to jump straight in I always go with Yoshi because he's sort of the middle of everything he's not the, the heaviest he's not the fastest but he's got the best of both worlds almost with him Tanuki Mario fair every time Tanuki suit Donkey Kong for me always been Donkey Kong double dash went Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong yeah so Donkey Kong for me Price? Well, <laughs> this, is, this is awkward. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't play Mario Kart. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. You, you, had 20, you had twenty odd years to play. However, yeah, well, th- and this will add further fuel to the fire. But um, I was recently at uh, Charles' birthday party at Hollywood Bowl in Bentley Bridge. Oh, it's a good game that one is. And uh, yes, in said arcade section, there was a Mario Kart, and so I let the boy have a go, and he just picked bog standard Mario. So even when I even when I did play it, I had the most beige selection of character <laughs> it's not possible. It's classic though, isn't it? Because Mario is just like three, classic. He's like three, he's like three out of five star on everything. Mario, so consistent, yeah. Mister Consistent. Yeah, Sitting all happy on the shelf over there. He was an inspiring yeah. choice there. The him over there, yeah. Mm. So. Not not an audio feature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, mine's not, mine's a bit of a bland suggestion. Uh, bland answer. That's there you go. Absolutely fine. So I think we'll leave it there for this week. 
as I said, we will be back next week, even though it's international. The film cast, it's going ahead. It's going to be Mike Bassett, England manager. Please feel free to watch it. You can send some. Th- you can send through your reviews should you wish. We don't quite know how we're going to do the, <laughs> the listener interaction yet, but I'm sure we'll come up with something in the meantime. But yeah, so it's going to be a goodbye from Matt this week. Good night. Goodbye from Stuart. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye from Adam Price. Ciao. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. See you later.